using old face masks to cut carbon. That story and more on H2O Radio's weekly news report. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin, and it's This Week in Water. The serious drought in the U.S. West continues. Extreme and exceptional conditions, the two worst categories, expanded in Colorado, Arizona, and New Mexico. Lake Mead on the Colorado River, the country's largest reservoir, fell to an unprecedented level below an intake pipe that supplies Las Vegas. The Southern Nevada Water Authority activated a recently constructed low-lake-level pumping station to provide for nearly 2.5 million residents. According to water experts, the West is undergoing a transition to a much drier climate that is being called aridification in contrast to drought, which gives the impression that wetter conditions will return. A recent study showed that it's drier now than in the past 1,200 years. Starting June 1st, one of the largest water providers in the U.S., the Metropolitan Water District of Southern California, will limit outdoor watering to just one day a week for the 6 million residents of Los Angeles, Ventura, and San Bernardino counties. In the past two years, per capita residential water use in Southern California has increased even though authorities have warned of the severe conditions. If consumption does not go down, all outdoor irrigation could be banned as soon as September. The climate crisis is causing such dramatic changes to the oceans that a mass extinction of marine species could occur, the likes of which have not been seen since the age of the dinosaurs. A new study from Princeton University found that if greenhouse gas emissions are not curbed, species in polar regions would be at greatest risk for extinction, and tropical waters would experience the greatest loss of biodiversity. Global warming has led to changes in two key factors, water temperature and oxygen levels. Warmer water threatens animals that are adapted for cooler climates. It also holds less oxygen as it acidifies from absorbing CO2. Some marine life in the tropics may be able to cope better with warmer waters and could migrate to more suitable habitats. However, the authors said tropical regions are already so warm and low in oxygen that more climate change may make it uninhabitable for many species. Those that live in polar regions are more at risk because they don't have cooler places to go. Right now, there are bigger risks to marine species than global warming, such as overfishing, transportation, urban development, and pollution. However, climate change could surpass all those stressors combined. One of the study's authors, Curtis Deutsch, said that there is strong sentiment among the public that it's too late to avoid this extinction, but that's not what their results show. Instead, by limiting global warming to 2 degrees Celsius, a target of the Paris Climate Agreement, the severity of extinctions would be lowered by more than 70 percent. Concrete is a major component of everything from roads to bridges and buildings because it's relatively cheap, simple to make, and strong. But production of cement, its key ingredient, is carbon-intensive and responsible for as much as 8% of global greenhouse gas emissions. Researchers at Washington State University wanted to address concrete's climate contribution while also tackling a growing waste problem, the number of masks piling up in the environment because of the COVID-19 pandemic. The team found that by chopping up old masks, which are layers of polypropylene and polyester fibers, and incorporating them into a cement mixture, it 
created a stronger, more durable concrete that was less prone to cracking. Microfibers are sometimes added to concrete to strengthen it, but are expensive, so not often used. The researchers say having mask fibers in the mix reduces the amount of cement needed for a project and makes the concrete last longer, reducing carbon emissions and cost. The researchers' next step is to study whether the concrete can handle frost and de-icers used on roadways. Looking forward, they would like to see the technology applied to waste such as discarded clothing to incentivize recycling. And finally... The winners of the inaugural Terra Carta Design Lab Awards were announced last week in London. The competition, which was launched by Prince Charles as a part of his Sustainable Markets Initiative, challenged design students to develop solutions to the climate crisis. One winner called ZELP, which stands for Zero Emissions Livestock Project, designed a harness for cattle to capture methane the animals burp. The team claims the device, which slips over the animal's head, can reduce emissions by 60%. Another team, the Tire Collective, is addressing microplastic pollution from vehicles. As we drive, tires shed bits of material every time we brake, accelerate, or turn a corner. The particles can be inhaled as they become airborne or are swept into waterways. They created a device that attaches to a wheel hub and captures 60% of the particulates. The group plans to develop a closed-loop system to upcycle the fragments into new tires. And last, another winning team created something called air seeds, which are seed pods made from food waste that can be carried by the wind to quickly reforest and restore areas degraded by human activity. That's it for This Week in Water. Support comes from GC Green a veteran, woman, and Native American-owned clean energy and resiliency solutions company. Learn more at gcgreen.com.